Just for a few moments, I want to share some thoughts from a verse of Scripture that's found in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And I don't want to keep you long today because we, we don't want to miss any sunshine that's out there for photographs and whatever. So let me just leave with you Matthew 25 verse 6, and this is what it says. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Weddings in Jesus' day were lavish affairs. After the year-long period of betrothal was finished and all agreements reached and signed, the wedding would take place. It typically extended over a period of five to seven days. Autumn was a favorite time for marriages. The harvest had been gathered in, the vintage was over, minds were free, and hearts were at rest. It was a season when the evenings were cool and delightful. Usually the entire village gathered for a wedding. Late at night the proceedings would begin. And that's why, folks, we read in Matthew chapter 25 that this wedding that took place was at midnight. You see, this relates to the culture of the time and to the, the tradition in our Lord's day. The weddings didn't begin at one o'clock like ours has today, but it began late at night. And to be precise and exact, it began at midnight. And so here's the verse of scripture that I want to leave with you today. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. I'm struck by a number of words that are found in that verse. The first one that, 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 that really um, stands out is the word midnight. Midnight. You know that word is mentioned a number of times in Holy Scripture. We think back to Exodus chapter 12, the Passover, the first Passover, whenever Jehovah brought his people Israel out of Egypt. And it tells us in, Genesis, in Exodus chapter 12, and it came to pass that at midnight, there's that word midnight, same word that Jesus used in the parable in Matthew 25. And at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. What's the context for that passage, that verse of scripture? Well, it was the first Passover and God had said, I don't want anyone to perish. I love everyone in Egypt, whether they're Egyptians or uh, Israelites. And so what I ask you to do is to put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of each home and everyone will be spared. No one will perish. The problem was that there were some who obeyed God, but there were others who failed to obey him. And at midnight, on that awesome and awe-inspiring night, a great cry arose from the land of Egypt, from the homes where the blood had not been applied to the doorposts. Why did the firstborn perish? The answer is very simple, because there was no blood on the doorposts. 
And of course, the blood of the Lamb in Exodus chapter 12, it reminds us this afternoon of the blood of God's Lamb, the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. It reminds us that his blood was shed for our salvation. The word midnight is not only found in Exodus chapter 12, but when we come into the New Testament, we find it in Acts chapter 16. And we read there these words. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. So there you have a midnight praise service. We have been praising God today. We're celebrating today the marriage of Lewis and Mariana. Well, Paul and Silas, they were, they were praising God in a prison. They were celebrating in a prison. And it says that someone heard them, the keeper of the prison. Uh, he was a prison officer. He worked for the uh, Philippi prison service, we could say. But he heard uh, Paul and Silas as they sang praises and as they prayed. And then there was a great earthquake, of course, and the doors of the prison were flung open. And all this was happening at midnight. And then it tells us that the jailer or the keeper of the prison or prison officer, whatever term you want to use, but he asked this question, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And of course, Paul and Silas came back with a very joyful answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And the jailer was converted. That man in the prison came to know Paul, Paul's saviour, and Silas' saviour that very night. And it was at midnight. And so there, as we think about this word midnight, as we think about the cry that went out at midnight in Matthew 25, then we think of the, the cry that went up at midnight in Egypt because the blood was not applied. Let me ask you as a congregation today, has the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, been applied to your life? Are you trusting in, in his blood? As the hymn writer put it, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been converted just as that man in Philippi was converted? Are you saved? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? For unless you do, you will never be saved. Good works cannot save anyone. Ephesians chapter 2 is one of the most famous verses in the Bible, and it's verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Good works are not for before salvation, they are for after. Good works are, are not uh, in order to save us from our sins, but they are simply evidence that we are already saved from our sins. Midnight, that word stands out. Another word that stands out is bridegroom. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom. Who is this bridegroom? Well, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He's the heavenly bridegroom. And back in Bible times, dowries had to be paid. In order for a marriage to take place, there had to be a a payment of a dowry to the father of the bride. Let me say today, friends, as we're gathered here this afternoon, that the heavenly bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, paid the dowry. And he did it when he died on an old rugged cross outside the city of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And we're coming up to Easter time, and that, of course, is the time of year we remember the death of Jesus Christ. And when he died upon that cross, he was paying the dowry for his bride. And he wants you to be part of that bride. How do you become part of that bride? Well, by simple faith in the bridegroom who has died and has risen again and today is in heaven. He's listening for your prayer today. If you will simply ask him, Lord, save me. Then you will become part of his bride and you will be prepared not only for time, but for eternity. And all because Jesus Christ paid the dowry for your soul. He paid the dowry to the heavenly father. Uh, In Jesus' day, dowries had to be paid to the father of the bride. But here's Jesus, the son of God. And he's paying the dowry to another father, to his heavenly father. In order that each one of us could be saved. The bridegroom. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, we've read it already today actually, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we read these words We are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. That's the diary. Thank God for this bridegroom. Do you know him today? Mariana knows her bridegroom. Do you know the heavenly bridegroom? You can come to know him today. Then let me finish off. There's another couple of words that we have in our text. uh, And they're, they're very interesting. And we need to pause for a moment to think about them. The word cometh. Behold the bridegroom cometh. You see, at the beginning of the wedding feast in the evening, the bridegroom, accompanied by his friends, would go to fetch his bride from her father's house. And that's the idea here in Matthew chapter 25. It's the idea, it's the picture of a a bridegroom coming with his friends, with the best man, with the groom's man, coming to the, the, the bride's home, to her father's house, and he, he's almost at the door, and he's, he, he's there, and he's coming to receive his bride, and he, he has almost arrived. Not quite, but he's approaching the door. He's coming. That reminds us today that the heavenly bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming again. We read in James chapter 5, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. 
Jesus Christ came the first time 2,000 years ago, and that was to save each one of us from our sins. But he's coming back again for his bride. And someday the trumpet will sound, and Jesus will come for all those people who are saved, and he will take them home for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Dear friend, just make sure that you're not too late. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't be too late to be saved. Mariana wasn't late today. And I commend you and well done for that. You were on time. In fact, you were even better than on time. You were here in very, very good time. And you didn't keep anybody waiting, most importantly of all, your uh, husband. You weren't late. Folks, let's make sure that none of us are too late when it comes to Jesus Christ. You're here today, not by chance. You're here today because the Lord has brought you here to hear this wonderful gospel message, this wonderful message of salvation. And he's brought you here today so that you might prepare for the coming of the Lord. You see, it says at the very end of Matthew 25 and verse 6, it says, go ye out to meet him. Think about those two words, meet him. One day every one of us will meet him. Whether we want to or not, every one of us will meet Jesus Christ. I wonder on that day, will we be ready to meet him? Thank God we can be. George Best, the famous Manchester United footballer, the famous, very world-famous Manchester United Northern Ireland footballer, he had everything going for him. He had the world at his feet. But George wasn't a Christian. But just three weeks before he passed away, he became a Christian. As he lay in the hospital bed there in the Cromwell Hospital in London, because God had ordained that a nurse named Joyce would come and would uh, nurse him from day to day. And each day as, uh, uh, as Joyce um, looked after George, she would read the Bible to him. And three weeks before he passed away, he received Jesus Christ as his Savior. And today George Best is in heaven because he made preparation. Someone said that it was George's best move. If you take Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I can guarantee that it will be your best move.